Welcome to the Senior Dog Revolution, where we discuss how to give our senior dogs the best life they deserve, where age is just a number and health and happiness of our senior pets is a priority. Hello, senior dog pet parents. It's Dr. Monica Tarantino, and welcome to Senior Dog Revolution Podcast. I'm so excited you guys are here. So this week, we're going to be changing things up just a little bit. I actually have a guest that's going to take over the podcast for the week. It's Dr. Brent Gordon. And Dr. Brent Gordon is a small animal veterinarian that has practiced mostly in the emergency world. So he's been an emergency doctor for many, many years, and now he does relief work as a general practitioner. But he's going to actually talk to you guys this week about old dog vestibular disease, which is something that my own dog, Becca, actually had. And he'll share kind of our experience with Becca having it. And we'll talk to you about way more details about the disease because Old dog vestibular disease can be a really scary occurrence for our dogs, um, but it can be fairly common in older dogs. So we want to actually do an episode on this, and I'm excited to have him share with you guys his tips and his perspective on this disease. Before we jump into that, I wanted to remind you guys, if you're not yet part of our Senior Dog Revolution Pet Parent Facebook group, you should really consider joining our group. We actually have a great group of senior dog pet parents, literally some of the kindest, most thoughtful, most helpful people in there. And I am just so enjoying having them all there as a part of our little mini community. So if you have an older pet and you're interested in kind of just joining a group where you can have people that relate to you or that are going through some similar situations with their older pets, because we know it's not always easy with these guys, you should definitely consider joining our group. I also post in there some um, blogs that we're, we're posting, articles, any sort of information that I have about senior dogs in there to help you guys as well and to help keep you guys up to date on kind of some of the later latest senior dog issues. So definitely consider joining us. And without further delay, here is the episode with Dr. Gordon. Hello, senior dog pet parents. This is Dr. Gordon with the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I'm a voice you may not recognize, although you might have heard me from a few previous episodes. Uh, But I am a doctor who is typically uh, known for doing emergency work and relief work. uh, And I am here to do a series of mini-sodes, mini-episodes that will cover a range of topics that I think are going to be helpful uh, for senior dog pet parents, uh, specifically related to emergency medicine, uh, but there'll be other topics I'll probably cover in the future too. Uh, This first series of mini-episodes is going to be related to sudden events that occur in older dogs, so we'll call those just sudden episodes in senior dogs. And uh, we'll cover three main topics. So the three main things that I see in older dogs that come on very suddenly for owners and are very confusing and can look very, uh, in some cases, very violent and appear life-threatening. So the three main topics we'll be covering in this series will be seizures, which is not uncommon in older dogs to develop. Uh, will be fainting or collapse episodes, which can be related to a, um, a number of other underlying conditions that end up causing a fainting or collapse episode. And also idiopathic vestibular disease, which is known as old dog vestibular disease. And it's kind of similar to vertigo. Uh, so these episodes can come on very suddenly and in some cases can look pretty severe. For those of you that are Senior Dog Revolution super users, you may have noticed that I've already written uh, two articles, I think it was two, uh, about these subjects on the Senior Dog Revolution website. So we'll cover a lot of that material 
as well in the podcast, uh, but I might go into a couple bits of detail that I might have left off in the original article. So definitely stay tuned, even if you read those articles. For those of you that have not, it'll be all new and useful information. The reason I'm going to be doing this series specifically related to the sudden episodes uh, in Senior Dogs is because not that there's much you can do from home when they occur, uh, but that it can help you understand what might be happening to your older dog. And also, if you know what you're looking at, if you know what's happening to your pet, you may be able to describe it better to your veterinarian and therefore lead to a faster outcome where we understand what's going on and we're able to treat faster and they're able to get some some version of relief faster. Uh, So uh, that really does help for owners to know what something might look like so they can key into what they should be looking for uh, or what they should be doing uh, when one of these episodes occurs in their older dog. Because to the untrained eye, they can look very, very similar. Uh, and so we'll, we'll go through the topics of what the each is and uh, we'll go through the topics of you know, what you're looking for in terms of the symptoms you see expressed in your pet and uh, also what you might be able to do from home, if anything. Let's get right into our first subject. So that's going to be idiopathic vestibular disease, also known as old dog vestibular disease. So just based on the name, you can tell this is perfect for the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. It's already called old dog disease. So it's going to be something that I think a lot of you are going to benefit from knowing a bit more about. So what is vestibular disease? What is old dog vestibular syndrome? Uh, So there are different names for the same thing, uh, but it is an event that we call an idiopathic event, meaning that we don't know why it happens, uh, but we do know uh, what the animal might be going through, how to treat it, and what their likely outcome or prognosis is going to be. Uh, So idiopathic is uh, essentially a Greek word uh, derived from idios, meaning one's own, and pathos, meaning suffering. But it's a term that's just generally used in medical fields for diseases or syndromes that sort of come on, and we don't have a specific reason or risk factor for why it sort of occurs, uh, and it's not related to a, a specific underlying disease that we can identify with a number of tests that we might run. So it comes on with no warning signs. There's no necessary predisposing factor other than being an older dog. Occasionally, you can have a dog that maybe has uh, ear infections that are chronic. That might be a predisposing factor. But for most dogs, there's no real underlying rhyme or reason as to why or when it occurs other than it happens to happen in older dogs. The disease is actually so common that uh, our own dog has had it. You know, we, we as veterinarians can't always have every dog that has every disease condition. Although I feel like uh, Dr. Tarantino and I are trying to accomplish that goal. But Becca, our oldest senior dog, and kind of right now my favorite senior dog of the group that we have, but don't tell the others I said that, did develop this condition and has mm-hmm. since recovered and is doing perfectly fine. So this was probably about two years ago, maybe two going on three years ago. She was roughly about 12 or 13 years old when it happened, which is very typical age for this disease. So what is 
vestibular disease, what is the vestibular system? So vestibular system, we'll start there, is a portion of the inner ear as well as a portion of the brain and nervous tissue connecting the two. The system's main function is to allow you to understand rotation, acceleration. So when you rotate your head, it allows you to kind of know that. Uh, it, it allows you to understand when you're picking up speed or slowing down. It also gives you information of your body relative to gravity. Uh, so even if you're in the dark, you kind of know where up and down are. You don't have to kind of feel that out. Um, this system tells you that information. And it's also the system that gets affected if you uh, put your head on a bat and spin around in circles and then go and try and run with an egg on a spoon like I always did during the summers as a kid. So that system that gets disoriented, that makes you feel dizzy when you kind of spin around, that's the vestibular system. And it's the same system that gets affected if you have an inner ear infection, which is one cause of vestibular disease. You can also think of this as being a form of Meniere's disease for those who might have a family member who had developed that condition. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say that term, don't worry. Uh, think of vertigo. That's exactly what the animals will be experiencing when they develop this issue. The disease comes on very suddenly. It's very abrupt in older dogs, and it can look quite dramatic. They can, you know, it can be almost violent in nature and violent in appearance for, for some pets, especially if you're there the moment that the episode occurs and you're seeing it kind of coming on at that point. Uh, because they're still not adjusted to the vertigo, and it's happening to them very, very suddenly. There's a number of possible causes, but we're really only going to be focusing on the two most common. So that's idiopathic, which we've kind of discussed already, and uh, inner ear infections, which can have the exact same appearance. You can't tell externally which uh, who has what, uh, but more commonly is going to be the idiopathic version, meaning we, we don't know why it happens. So what do you see when you see this in older dogs? Well, I can relay it to what happened to Becca because it's pretty classic. Uh, a lot of dogs have very, very similar symptoms. I've treated, you know, probably at this point, dozens upon dozens of dogs that have had this condition. Uh, what happens at the start is a, a couple different things. They, they feel very dizzy, very disoriented, uh, very suddenly. Uh, they will more often than not fall over, lose balance. They'll start rolling, uh, falling to one side. Uh, so what that will look like is what we colloquially refer to as gator rolling. That's what happened to Becca initially, uh, which is where, if you can kind of think of a, a alligator grabbing onto prey and like kind of turning and turning and turning around. Uh, that's not uncommon for alligators to do. I don't know if you've ever seen some horrific footage of a alligator attacking something, but that's what they do. And uh, that's what older dogs might do momentarily uh, is that they will uh, start turning around and around and around on the ground. They kind of spin and spin and spin. And it's always in one direction. So it'll be either to the right that they're falling and rolling or to the left. Uh, but not all dogs will exhibit that. Uh, some dogs will just sort of be leaning hard to one side or the other, or maybe they'll do one rotation and then kind of stop. Usually that more aggressive form of rolling doesn't last too long. Uh, I've seen it last up to a few minutes, but generally it improves over time. The other key symptoms you'll see are that they uh, will have fast twitching of the eyes. So usually it's in one direction as well. So we generally to the right or left. You may not even notice that sort of 
fast twitching eye movement. Uh, so if you look at their pupils and follow their sort of track what they're doing, you'll see them flick to the right and then go back, flip, flick to the right and then go back to normal and flick to the right and go back to normal. But they do it really quite rapidly, like multiple times per second. Uh, so again, that's their sort of feeling of dizziness. They feel like the room's spinning around them. That's the vertigo that's kind of hitting them. This is also something you may not even notice. Uh, I've, you know, I've talked to owners about this issue before, and you may just see that the eyebrows twitch. Uh, so they twitch up and down, and that's just because the muscles of the eye are making them move as well. Um, so that's something where if you, you know, if you don't specifically see the eyes themselves, if you see that the eyebrows are twitching, then you might just be able to report that to your veterinarian if you didn't specifically see the eyes themselves. Uh, but that can be something that I've had owners report to me before. And it's uh, very similar to what we saw in, in Becca after her event occurred. And the final thing that we see in these dogs that's, I'd say, pretty typical for the disease is they usually have a head tilt too. And so if they're falling to the right, they will generally have a head tilt to that same side. And what I mean by head tilt is just think about when you call your dog's name and then say treat or let's go for a walk. And they do that sort of cock your head to one side and they're super interested for that moment. That's exactly what I'm talking about, but it's prolonged. It's, it's there for a while. Uh, so those are the typical things we see. Just a basic rundown on that. It's going to be falling to one side. It's going to be twitching eyes or twitching eyebrows a head tilt, and then potentially rolling or turning over repeatedly. Uh, so those are pretty classic for vestibular disease. Now, it can be confusing when you first see this episode because you might think, oh, it's they're having a stroke event or they're having a seizure, and it's really kind of hard to differentiate between those things. But remember what we talked about in terms of the symptoms you typically see with this, and then also understand that while they may be disoriented, they're actually still very much alert and aware of what's going on around them. Whereas in comparison, something like a fainting episode or something like a seizure, they actually lose consciousness. Um, there are some other factors you might see too. They might lose uh, control of their bladder or their bowels, but that's true of any of these conditions. You can't use that to kind of differentiate between one or the other. Unfortunately, any sort of severe onset of something, your dog might lose control of those things. So now that you have an understanding as to what you're looking for, should this event occur in your pet, let's talk about the good news. So the good news is generally these animals do really quite well. Uh, some of them will require hospitalization. Some of them will be seen by your veterinarian, maybe monitored for an hour or two, treated, and then go home. But that's a determination you can't really make when the episode first occurs. I would recommend anytime you see something similar to this, whether you're sure or not sure as to what happened, you definitely should have a veterinarian be involved so that they can help determine what should be done, what level of treatment should be done, and you can make that decision together with your senior dog. So let me talk a little bit about Becca and our ordeal with her because she had a more prolonged version of this and actually had us a little bit worried. But again, she did just fine with some simple treatments and a little bit of hospitalization. So when she had her episode, she was about 12 or 13 years old. Uh, she was falling to the right. She had a right-sided head tilt, but she felt very disoriented and distressed. So we took her into the emergency clinic, which I was working at at that time, and uh, did some basic uh, diagnostics, meaning simple tasks. So we did some blood work. Uh, we looked in her ears 
And then we decided that we didn't find anything too unusual, so we decided to treat her, which for her actually did require hospitalization overnight. So probably just about 12 hours in total. By the next morning, she was doing a fair amount better, and so we actually ended up taking her home. Again, we did some simple treatments from home, which are going to be anti-nausea, anti-vomiting medications, or medications that help with motion sickness. All things your veterinarian could prescribe to your senior dog. Becca ended up having a bit of imbalance for probably about two weeks where she just had difficulty even doing two stairs. She had that head tilt to the right and she just couldn't quite navigate the environment nearly as well. She kind of would hug a wall a little bit as balance uh, just to keep her upright uh, because again, she kept feeling like she was falling to the right, but she could still walk pretty normally and she had no other major issues. But it did have us concerned because there are some rare instances where this disease could be related to a stroke event or related to, um, unfortunately, a brain tumor or cancer, although those are extremely rare. So we actually did have her seen by a neurologist and have a full MRI performed of her brain and her her inner ear to look for an issue, and we didn't find any. So we always back into idiopathic or old dog vestibular disease when we see that, and it just took her another week longer before she was back to pretty much normal. She'll always have a little bit of a right head tilt to her, but I think it just gives her all that much more care She's still a wonderful dog. She still does great on walks. Uh, It really does not affect her in any significant way, but it is not uncommon for these older dogs to have a little bit of a head tilt following this issue and still do great despite it. The only downside is I can never tell when she's kind of interested in what I'm talking about because normally she would turn her head to the side if she's interested in what I'm saying. And now she kind of always looks interested in what I'm saying. So I don't know if I'm just an interesting kind of guy or if she just has that head tilt. I guess I'll never know. So in summary, this is the end of the first episode of episodic events in senior dogs. And we've covered old dog vestibular disease, uh, also known as idiopathic vestibular disease, And in the future, we'll cover seizures and collapse episodes. The important things to remember for old dog vestibular disease are that it can look like a seizure or a stroke or fainting episode at the start. But if you look for those key signs of falling to one side, fast twitching eyes or twitching eyebrows, a right-sided or left-sided head tilt, and the fact that they're still conscious at the time the episode occurs, that will help you kind of identify that it's this specific type of episode and relay those signs to your veterinarian. So that way we can get to a treatment faster and they feel better faster and everybody's happier and better off because of it. Know also that a pet that experiences this issue is often going to be an older dog and they do really quite well with some simple treatments or maybe hospitalization. Most dogs won't require more significant intervention beyond that, but there are a few very rare instances where things might go beyond that. And you might see a neurologist or they might talk about other potential causes. But for the most part, remember that animals that have this issue, despite how disorienting it can look, they usually do quite well. Well, that's been my time with you on the Senior Dog Revolution podcast. I hope this has been helpful to you and your senior dog. And I hope to see you back again for my future episodes of seizures and also fainting and collapse episodes. And this has been Dr. Gordon wishing you and your senior dog a wonderful day.
All content on Senior Dog Revolution is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice for your pet. Your dependence on the content of any information found on Senior Dog Revolution is at your own risk as nothing discussed or mentioned here can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. As always, for veterinary care and advice for your pet, please see your veterinarian.